Welcome to another episode of Album for the Day with John E. and Jay. Album for the Day, December 21st, as we continue with numbers and our Advent calendar this month for y'all. Today we get into Bob Dylan with Highway 61 Revisited. It was recorded June through August of 1965 at Columbia Studio A in New York City and released August 30th of 1965 on Columbia Records. This is the sixth album for Bob Dylan. Peaked at number three in the U.S. and number four in the U.K. Also made all three of the Rolling Stone 500 Greatest Albums of All Time lists. Coming in in 03, 12, and 20 in order at number four, number four, and number 18. Hmm, interesting. wonder why it dropped so much. Like, out of the top ten entirely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the uh, number four is much more appropriate for this album than 18. Um, this was Dylan's kind of step out of the folk acoustic world and to plug in and rock everyone's face off. Um, the fact that it changed everything oh. um, kind of cements that this is the 11th most celebrated album in popular music history. This this album changed rock and roll history. Mm-hmm. The song Like a Rolling Stone starts this album. It starts the album. And uh, in my opinion, Like a Rolling Stone is the most perfect rock and roll song ever written. Uh, I, I feel like it's just, once it starts, it doesn't stop. It's just bang. From the beginning, you just... That snare hit starts yeah. it off. Bah, 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 and you're just in it. You're in it. I mean, giving you one warning. Yeah, there, and there's no, there's no bridge. There's no nothing. I, I saw an interview with uh, Pete Townsend from the Who, guitar player for the Who, and they said, "What's the greatest song in rock and roll history?" And he said, "Like a Rolling Stone." Well, it wasn't even a hesitation. He said, "Why?" He said, "That song is just quantum," and I was like, "Yes, Dig Pete it. Townsend. Yes, Dig you're it. right." And, uh, you know, and the, the great part about that song, um, in my opinion, so Al Cooper plays the organ, um, on that song and, you know, he was in the studio, but he was not an organ player. He was just there. And on happenstance, he was like, I'm going to go, I'm getting on this track and I'm going to play the organ. So he walks up to the organ, but doesn't know the song at all. They start playing it, and the reason the organ is just a half a step behind, Al Cooper didn't know what he was playing. He was just trying to keep up with the song, how the song was moving, and Dylan hears the organ like, wait, 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 everybody, what, what's the organ doing? Like, no, we need to turn that up. And so when they recorded this track, Al Cooper crushes the organ but didn't know what he was doing at all apparently and that's and i mean it's rock and roll history it's rock and roll history it's the most one of the most iconic songs ever produced well it's funny you would mention that because this album actually also includes three of the 500 greatest songs of all time wow um highway 61 revisited made number 373 desolation row made number 187 Mm mm-hmm and Like a Rolling Stone at number one. Mm. That, it, those are all pretty appropriate. I would probably put Ballad of a Thin Man on that list as well, but that's just me. 
So the uh, the song "Like a Rolling Stone" was produced by Tom Wilson, who also worked with Simon and Garfunkel, The Velvet Underground, Eric Burden, and The Animals. And he actually, I believe it was the freewheeling Bob Dylan, he produced a few tracks on that because Bob literally brought him in in the middle of the process, dumped his previous and said, you, I love you, let's do this. And so that's the only thing that Tom Wilson did on here. The rest of the album is produced by Bob Johnston, who is known for this and his other work with Bob Dylan as well as Johnny Cash, Simon and Garfunkel, and Leonard Cohen. Hmm. Leonard Cohen has got to be a challenge to record, but he had some high praise for working with him and said that he wasn't concerned with time frames or anything like that, that he's that if you want to do another take, let's do another take. You don't think that was it? You may have something better in you. Let's do it. Hmm. That's awesome. This this album from beginning to end is absolutely solid. And this is another one of those records and albums that for me, the last song says a lot about this album as a whole. The last song is desolation row. And it's also the only acoustic song on this record. And so to me, I, I feel and always have felt that desolation row is the, like a long goodbye. And I never really could understand what, what it was about. But I feel like Desolation Row is kind of that, like, he's getting out. He, he, he sh- just showed you what he's going to do with rock and roll, where he, he comes out and he just absolutely kicks you in the face with it. And Desolation Row is the only acoustic track as this, like, yeah, I came from this folk. I came from this acoustic guitar and me. And this is, Here's this, your this, one is, this, is this is my this is the last time we're going to do this, guys. <clears throat> and it's such a great song. But with that said and in that context i think desolation row is kind of here's what i'm going to compare it to it's kind of like the end of a james bond movie <laughs> james bond will return in octopus yeah, yeah, exactly okay cool yeah well yeah uh, he's always now, got it in his back pocket now that you slapped me around for a whole album with mm-hmm. things i'm not familiar with and then you bring me back to this there's a little stroke of the hair. Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. Come back and see me next album. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, one of the great uh, stories that I, I really like about this album as well is um, uh, the, I believe it's the second track. Uh, it takes a lot to laugh. It takes a train to cry. I think it's the third track. Um, so everybody goes out to lunch. Dylan wasn't happy with the way the recording process was going. And so everybody goes to lunch and Dylan just sat in the studio at a piano reworked and the reworked song. the whole song to this kind of dirty sounding bar piano piece kind of thing. But he slowed it down. Slowed it down drastically and went through. And you can actually, you can hear the outtakes of the song. Um, they did a, um, a, like a box set kind of thing called The Cutting Edge like maybe four years ago, something like that. This is when they released it. Every minute of yeah. recording from the Highway 61 revisited sessions, and it's I have it, and it is really awesome. But a lot of the, a lot of that song, like it, all of a sudden, there's just this drastic change in the song. And basically, they came back from lunch, and he was like, "Nope, I got it. I figured it out. Boom." 
and the comment that I read about that issue of that box set that is very relevant here is that um, that this isn't, you know, every minute of that, it wasn't so that you would hear all this great unknown new stuff or whatever. It was so that you could follow the creative path. Mm-hmm. You've already heard where we ended up. Mm-hmm. This is how we got there. And it's, you know, usually you're stuck with like a selection of what we think is the best, least garbage mm-hmm. kind of stuff out of that group of material. But I, I love how, you know, it's really a recognition of the value and the gravitas of this album that it's like, no, no, I want every stinking minute <laughs> mm-hmm. from Columbia Studio A. Find it all. Yeah. Every bit of it. We're going to do it. And it's really cool. It is really cool. I like how the cutting edge is kind of a tongue-in-cheek, too, since you cut absolutely nothing. Yeah. But that's yeah. that's Bob for you, man. Yeah. The uh, the cover of this album is also really awesome. Um, it's very Bob Dylan, very, you know, you, you don't want to say, like, cliche Bob Dylan, because those things don't really go together, but it's very... It's, the only it, way you could say that is now. You mm-hmm. couldn't say that no. then, yeah, no. because... Yeah, so it's a it's a photograph by Daniel Kramer. Um, they were basically sitting on this stoop, um, and his manager Albert Grossman, um, they're in New York, sitting on a stoop, and Gramercy Park. Yeah, in Gramercy Park, and uh, Bob uh, Neuwirth is just basically behind him, just to add a little bit of composition to the photograph. Kramer said he he wanted a little bit of color, so he put Bob back there. In the mm-hmm. background from like the waist down and he's wearing like an orange and white shirt. <laughs> I'm like, well, you add a little color. I mm-hmm. see what you mean there. Mm-hmm. But no. Bob's outfit's pretty, pretty delightful. Yeah. He's in a uh, Triumph motorcycle t-shirt um, and just kind of hanging out with sunglasses on a stoop, you know, like classic 60s Bob. Well, reflecting back on it in 2010, um, Daniel Kramer said, He's hostile, or it's a hostile moodiness. He's almost challenging me, or you, or whoever's looking at it. What are you going to do about it, Buster? Yeah, and that's the whole thing. And that's what the, his this how album was about, was his transition from folk to rock. What are you going to do about it? Answer, buy every record you record from this point forward. It's going to take you 30 more years to get a Grammy, but... Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, God. Speaking of which, yeah. um, I think one of my favorites on here is Tombstone Blues. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, it's got a parade of historical characters. Belle Starr, who's a notorious female outlaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delilah and John the Baptist from the Bible. Jack the Ripper. Ma Rainey, who you may have seen a movie recently come out called... Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Mm-hmm. That is in reference to her. Um, in the song, she is humorously said to have shared a sleeping bag with Beethoven. <laughs> uh, what it's actually about, though, <clears throat> it's actually about the Vietnam War, which was escalating at the time, um, because Bob actually says the king of the Philistines who sends slaves out to the jungle is a reference to LBJ mm. and sending our our kids off to war mm. 
And, you know, that is a consistent theme. I mean, to be fair, when Bob was coming out, that was an extremely turbulent uh, political time in the world, mm-hmm. uh, but particularly from an American perspective. So you certainly can't fault the man for letting that be a part of his subject matter. It's, it's what was going on. It's the most relevant to people of his age and the people that he was, you know, reaching out to. So I think that that's a, it was a very creative way to make a very, very serious statement. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, wrap it in a little tongue in cheek, a little humor. Well, the same thing with Ballad of a Thin Man, yeah. a, a very great protest song, very tongue in cheek, talking about Mr. Jones. Do you even know, do you, Mr. Jones, you know, do you even know who, who we are, what we're doing? You know, talking about, you know, the counterculture movement and all that. And it's just, it's one of those things where, I mean, this is just, this is just an unbelievable album beginning to end, you know, protest song or whether you just like the way the words sound when he says them, you know, it's, it's just a fantastic record. The way that the artwork, the way that the lyrical content and the music all came together to change everything and make such a, a non-duplicatable statement about it. Um, it's really fantastic. That's what makes this album into the legendary thing that it is. It's why everybody celebrates it because, you know, even today it's still relevant, Absolutely. which in its own way is very sad. Mm-hmm. But um, this is an album that influenced so many different people in so many different ways, um, this is kind of, you know, that the concept of where would the world be without <laughs> thing again? Yeah. Like, I, I don't even know what we'd be listening to if yeah. this album had not occurred. Or like a Rolling Stone, if that one song, that's just one song on this album. I mean, ooh, what, a, what a great album. Um, I'm glad that we've gone through this one. It was really great to really read a lot of articles and things about this. And, uh, I hope you guys go out and, and listen to this one. Today's uh, album for the day today, uh, December 21st, is Highway 61 Revisited by Bob Dylan. Uh, be sure to uh, follow us on Twitter at album the number four of the day. Uh, give us a follow, subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. And feel free to send us a request via email to album the number four of the day at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow. I want to be Bob Dylan. Mr. Jones wishes he was someone a little more funky. When everybody loves you, oh, son, that's just about as funky as you can be. (laughs) Nice. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're listening on Spotify, after starting the podcast, you can search for the album, use the three dots, and hit add to queue. Now the album will start as soon as the episode ends. Woohoo!